0: This is Novel Ideas, and we're discussing the book Upside Down, Inside Out by Monica McInerney, and we can do as we usually do and go around and see what people thought about the book.
1: Well, um, this is Michelle. I actually read this book last summer, so it's not the first freshest, freshest in my mind. Um, but I, I do remember that, that it was it was a nice story, um, and I've heard of this author, and they call her, I think, the Australian Maeve Binchy, and I can see why, because it's, it's kind of similar type of stories. And what I remember, um, one of the relationships I thought was kind of interesting was the relationship between Eva and her friend Lainey. I wasn't really sure where that was going to go in the story um, if, um, you know, I wasn't sure if they were going to kind of work things out at the end. Um, so I, I, I thought it was nice. And I, and I liked the romance, um, and I liked all the family relationships. And overall, I thought it was a, it was, it was a nice story. Well,
2: I just started the book this afternoon, and uh, I don't know why, but I just kept putting it off and putting it off because I think I, I was thinking, I, I don't think I'm going to like this book. But I started it this afternoon because I knew I was going to be here, and I wanted to kind of have an idea what what everybody was going to be talking about. And lo and behold, I like the book. Um, I'm and I don't care about spoil alerts or anything like that. I, you know that that's that's fine. Um, I'm I've um, Eva just got to uh, Melbourne. And they're in that uh, cafe. I know you guys are like, "Wow, she's way back there. Yeah, I am." but they're in that that uh, cafe that has the four different themes. and uh, so that's where I am. so i'm I'm kind of new to it, but uh, I really like it. I haven't really formed any opinions on you know who I like and, and if there's anyone I don't like yet. But so I'll just kind of be along for the ride here
3: uh I, I usually like romances uh and uh i like monica mcenary pretty good I, I mean i liked hello from the gillespie's uh which i've done in a couple of other book groups uh, I, I just got ended up getting a little tired of uh even not ever being able to come clean with a guy and i realized that was part of the plot and stuff but i, I just she kept Having one excuse after another not to tell him, and I just I ended up getting a little bit uh, frustrated with that. Uh, you no, know, but but having said that, I, mean, I still enjoyed. It. I enjoyed the the narration and stuff. I enjoyed the uh, the Irish accents. Uh, I, I like an Irish accent and stuff. But uh, uh, and I enjoyed the the, the deal with with the with, uh, Lanier friend and 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 Rex the cat. But uh, I, I did get a little bit frustrated with her never uh, uh tell on the guy till, to the bitter end but other than that yeah i enjoyed it
4: well him too you know you had the same problem with him they both had the same problem and uh uh i really was it was interesting i, I was looking to find out who was going to cave in first you know but um uh i guess they really both waited until the end the uh relationship between uh Even Laney was interesting because I really thought right there towards it, at one point that was going to destruct, and it didn't. But uh, all in all, it's a great book, really. And it's a shame that uh, we're going to ruin it for you, Marsha, but you'll love it. It, It's just a delightful book. And uh, so, uh, enjoy. The narration was great. The reader did a nice job, very good. So, uh, I think it's one of the best books I've read in a long time. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it
1: well one thing also that i remember which i forgot to mention before was eva just seemed to have really really bad luck with men like she had that horrible boyfriend in uh, ireland and then when she met when she went to australia she got involved a little bit with a guy from the restaurant right who um her friend knew and everything so i think she was due to kind of meet a really nice guy um so, you know, that was, that was nice. It was, it was kind of a story of two nice people that, that sort of found each other, even though they both were making believe that they were other people. They were both essentially, you know, very, very nice characters.
5: I'm the negative voice here, uh, which isn't even really fair for me to say. I just don't like romances. I feel like they're a waste of time. Um, I liked Hello from Gillespie's much better, even though that was kind of dumb. Uh, so I won't re- be reading any more of Monica McInerney. I have to
6: compliment Colleen Delaney. She did such an excellent job with with this narration, and she does all kinds of accents equally well. I, I heard her, I believe, it, sometimes I mix her up with Gabriela Cavallero, but I believe it was Colleen who read a book uh, that I read. It was a series of two books, about people from Jamaica, West Indies, and she did those accents equally as well.
7: The Davis is talking. This is Linda, um, and I. I liked the book too, but I. I got a little frustrated with all that was happening with Eva for a while, and when she. When she finally, when things finally started to turn around, I was so glad. I, I was like, "Oh, good! Finally." Um, but but yes, I think the reader really made that book uh, come to life much better. I don't know if I would have liked it as well if a different person had read it, but um, she did do a good job. And, <clears throat> you know, like I said, I, I was just, I liked it, but I was just glad when things finally started straightening out.
6: I wanted to mention that uh I heard a part of this book just a small part of it on audible.com read by a different narrator. Uh it seems that they have a woman who sounds like an, an older woman reading a number of uh McInerney's books and she just doesn't bring them to life in in my opinion. So these are the only two books that Bard has and I I I have found a new favorite author in her. Uh, but I don't know if I'm going to enjoy the books as much with the with the other narrator. But I'll have to kind of put that aside and, and just concentrate on on the stories, the plot.
0: I have to agree. Colleen Delaney really did an excellent job, and I just I like her as a narrator anyway. And um. She just, she really did a great job with this, and I agree with Linda. I don't know if I would have liked it as well had it been read by another narrator, another reader. It's interesting that she's equated to Australia's Maeve Binchy. I really hadn't thought of that, but that makes sense because their writing styles are very similar. I loved Maeve Binchy's books, and. I liked this one. I read Hello from the Gillespie's before I read this one, and I liked it. I think I liked it a little better than this one, though. This one, I kind of got tired of all the charades, and, uh, you know, I, I kept thinking, come on, everybody needs to be honest with each other here, and so I did get a little tired of that, but I loved the way it all ended. It was just, It was just a really good book, I thought.
1: Well, if you belong to the Visibility Library in Australia, um, they actually have a whole bunch of Monica McInerney's books, um, which I've not read yet, but I've downloaded. And I think that would be interesting because it's probably read with an Australian accent. um, So that would be interesting to to hear as well. Um, You know, I'm not the biggest reader of of romance books. I I actually very seldom read them. And when I read them, you know, I kind of like... I sort of take them like I know that, that there's going to be all these kind of like stops and starts in the relationship, you know, because it's never like two people meet and everything works out beautifully from day one. That's not how romance books tend to be. So I know that's going to be kind of what the story was, um, you know, the, it, it, that sort of element. And so, I, I, like I said before, I, I thought the relationship between Eva and Lainey was interesting you know, I, I didn't exactly know how that was going to work out. And the other thing that I liked about the book was um, the part where Joseph found out about his father. Um, that that was something that was a little unexpected as well.
2: Okay, I guess that's one reason why I said I was not going to like the book. And I haven't gotten to any of the deceitfulness yet. Maybe that's too strong a word, but I haven't gotten to the the pretensions and 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 what have you as, uh, you know, yet. So I don't know what I'm going to think of it then. Um, but I'm not a, I'm not really fond of romances either. They're just too, I don't know, trite maybe. But um, I guess I'll just see how I, how the book progresses and see, you know, take it from there.
6: I don't want to spoil the ending for Marcia, so without going into too much detail, I'll. I just like to say that you may remember at the, in the opening, the opening pages of the book, where the grouchy old lady comes into the store, and Eva's uncle waits on her, and she's really, um, you know, just. Kind of a hard to hard to put up with, and then I love the at the end of the book where she's talking to her friend. They're seated at the table. That's all I'll say. And she's talking to her friend, and she's she's just so happy to be where she is, and she's professing to almost be like a, a best friend of, of um, Eva and and Joe.
2: Oh, okay. Well, that that that'll be interesting, Mrs. Lacey. I, I, I think that's her name. I didn't think she'd pop up anymore. So, yeah, I'll have to keep going to to see where Miss, where Mrs. Lacey fits in. And uh, like I said, you can talk about the ending or whatever you want. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, don't bother me.
0: Yeah, that was funny, that part. And the part when Joe goes Joseph goes and finds out about his father and he meets him, That was one of my favorite scenes in the book. And at first, I really wasn't sure about Lainey. Because some of the things that she was saying, I was thinking she was a little, I don't know, mentally unstable maybe. Just the way she was kind of looking down on Eva. Eva at one point and talking about her to some of her friends and saying well she's an innocent and she's this and she's that and at first i didn't really care for her but she turned around too in the end i thought
3: yeah i like the way they they ended the, the thing with with miss lacey i thought that was kind of cool the way they did that that was that was kind of clever and i also like the scene with uh with joseph's dad and him I, I, that that was good I, I got extra. I, I, I'm big about telling the truth to people, though. I mean, I, I I don't like lying, and I I don't think it ever serves anybody anything. And I realize people omit sometimes, but I, when people come out and out and out lie about somebody at a party and stuff, and, and go on about it being a joke, what? That's just crap. I mean, a lie is a lie, and, and calling it a joke doesn't make it any better and stuff. And I, I got I got really. I got real frustrated with that, and of course it just continued to to, 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 to thrive throughout the whole book, and, and I, I, I got frustrated with that. But uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm a stick in the mud, but hey, it is what it is.
5: I think that
6: Joseph mother could have saved him a lot of heart, heartache if she told him what what had happened between between uh, her and her husband um, uh, joseph's father and about the the child who who drowned, she just kept saying it was a difficult time it was a difficult situation, and he ended up feeling deserted i I think she should have come clean to him uh, rather than have him wait till he was in his thirties and and meets his father in person.
4: I couldn't figure out why she didn't do that either, because that would have probably made things easier for him. But another thing that occurs to me is that if this had... If the charade, if you want to call it that, I don't think it was deceit. I don't know if you can... If that's, That may be too strong a word. If that had solved itself sooner, you wouldn't have had a story.
0: Yeah, I wonder if Joseph's mother still blamed her husband because she he said that you know she told him it was his fault and so rather than telling joseph the story she made him do it but what if joseph had decided not to go see his father that's the other thing too he never would have known
5: well that exactly the point she wouldn't have had a story (coughs) And that's the way I felt about the whole book. The whole book was so contrived that she wouldn't have had a story if she hadn't created all these contrived situations.
3: Yeah, uh, I always wonder. uh, uh, My family were good communicators, and I realize there's a lot of them out there that aren't. And uh, uh, that's the only thing I get a little frustrated. Uh, Apparently Monica McInerney didn't grow up in a family where they did communicate a lot cuz a lot of her I mean at least the two books that I read that seems to be kind of a recurring theme with her because uh Eva obviously had some problems with uh, uh I guess they were probably esteem issues and stuff but she had problems uh coming coming up with with the truth because I guess she didn't feel good about herself I don't I don't know but uh, the whole thing with with the art school and stuff and you know of course the, you know uh she finally comes clean about that at the end and you know of course they had already figured it out but uh uh and i i I don't know why a a mother wouldn't tell her son at least some point when he got older that he had an older brother that that accidentally died i i I just can't figure out why somebody would never tell anybody that that just seems uh i I can't come up with a good reason for for that but hey that's uh that's me
1: I, I just took this book as sort of the the equivalent of like a romantic comedy film because if you, if you watch a romantic comedy film most of the time it really makes no sense like there are a lot of things that happen that wouldn't necessarily happen in real life like people would have better communication people wouldn't put on an act for like you know days and days and days so when I read this book I mean I, I took it like I didn't take it like it was literal truth I took it like there was sort of an element of of romance and fantasy to it and these were just two characters um who were somewhat dissatisfied with the way their life turned out and they were looking to to sort of change things and and to meet somebody um and also I I I guess because I live in a city I don't think she portrayed people who live in in cities that well because you know like laney was kind of i guess the equivalent of what a yuppie would be i don't think people use that word anymore but you know she was like kind of self-centered and selfish and just focused on her career and you know didn't matter about anything else and um and also joseph too even though he had a pretty successful career he just wanted to like just throw it away and and sort of you know have like a much simpler life so it was there wasn't like a great message in this book it just was kind of like a like a pleasant sort of story i thought
6: i um getting back to what randy said i i think she brought up a very good point that maybe um joseph's mother subconsciously still blamed her husband even though they were getting along again i think she made him probably without even realizing it she probably wanted him because he was the one that was with the child when it happened uh wanted him to be the one to to um tell the story and and it you know wasn't actually a a nice thing to do but i think it might have been a a subconscious subconscious on the part of his mother um the, the other thing i wanted to mention was i thought that McInerney was clever the way she had uh, spoiler alert Marsha, the way she had joseph lose all his money i mean she just worked that in so well because i was wondering how is this this girl this shop shop assistant uh going to fit into joseph's wealthy lifestyle even though he uh you know he was getting very tired of of the way he had been living too he was kind of bored and disillusioned with it and she worked it in really well and I I love the fact that he was going to design school I believe because that showed that he and and Eva really had something concrete in common other than an attraction to one another because um, Eva had been in art school and now Joseph was going to go to design school which is something that He wanted to do and hadn't uh, hadn't followed his dreams in the beginning. He was lured away by the chance of of being a a financier and and making a lot more money.
0: Yeah, well, if you remember, his mother told his father that he was going to have to be the one to tell Joseph what happened. And I agree. I thought that was clever the way she made. Gonna any made um, Joseph lose Always Money. I see Carla's here. Carla, do you have anything you want to say about the book? What you thought or
8: anything you want to put in here? Yes, I'm glad my firewall finally let me in. I've been trying to get in for uh, maybe 20 minutes. Anyhow, um, I when I first started the book I thought to myself oh no not another romance sometimes I get tired of romances they're not my favorite genre and I've been expanding my outlook by you know reading romances with the group and all that but I'm thinking oh I wish we didn't have to do another romance but then when I I sort of got suckered into it and I didn't take the book very seriously I got to be really honest with you I, I I I took it as a comedy too I I thought that there wasn't really anything deep. It was, there was a bunch of fluff. The whole thing was unbelievable, but there are certain movies and certain other books that are completely unbelievable and that's what makes them funny. So I really did interpret it as, um, as a, um, a comedy more than anything else. But I, I will say, uh, it was sort of interesting how the the thing unraveled how you know that answering machine message that that he never got and um just 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 how things sort of unraveled how um her mystique as this famous person unraveled and his mystique as this um you know rich sort of a business executive and and they sort of unraveled together and i always i looked at it like um, when I was a kid, um, my neighbor taught me how to weave a rug and you had two balls of of yarn and you, you know you were feeding the rug with two balls of yarn and you were weaving it together and The balls were slowly unraveling, but as they unraveled, they raveled into this beautiful round carpet rope carpeting and that 's sort of that would be my symbolism for this story, even though it was a comedy and I didn't take it very seriously.
0: That's an interesting way to put it. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't think it was meant to be taken seriously. I did get a little tired of the the shenanigans, you know, the charades back and forth. But still, it was light. It
7: was good.
6: Well, I mentioned to, to Sherry after the Fiction Old and New book discussion group in November that I learned something. I, I suggested this book without having read it because I read the annotation and it, it sounded like uh, something that might be fun, but also because I loved Hello from the Gillespie's. I, I just thought it was a really good book. and and um, But the thing that I learned, which... Um, is probably pretty obvious to most people is that when you suggest a book for a book club discussion, it really needs to, it really should be a book that has some discussion value to it. I mean, a, a nice little romance isn't going to have as much um, to discuss in it as a book with a bit more depth.
5: And yet, you know, <clears throat> at the end of this book, you have all these questions and all these answers, like it's trying to make it something, something that it, it never was in the first place. I mean, I just, I just can't get over how they, these book questions, want you to think it's all so important, and it isn't.
8: Yeah, that's true and I thought that was sort of an interesting little format to have discussion questions at the end of the book like that. It was sort of funny how they how how they did that. Um, but it was and, and there were some parts of it that were confusing too. You had to really pay attention at some points because there there was a lot of flipping back and forth and you had to remind yourself of some things and another thing that was running through my mind is um was this ever a movie because you know how movies they sort of flip back and forth and they sort of have that style if you're with one person then you're with another person and it's it's uh, confusing for us blind folks sometimes especially, but did, did any of you get the impression that it was sort of like a movie script in a way or something that would have lent itself uh, for a plot for a movie?
1: Yes, Carla. I I actually said that a little earlier that the book reminded me very much of like a romantic comedy, a rom-com, what they call. Because if you watch romantic comedies, often they really don't make that much sense. There's like a lot of coincidences. There's a couple that meets and they have to have some sort of hurdle that they go over. So it's not always the same like romances are in, in real life but you know it it, it it was it reminded me very much of that and i was just going to say that it's it's very hard because i i do the book group with sherry uh the fictional new group and it's not that easy to pick books for book groups because everybody has different taste um and you know sometimes if you pick a very serious book then people say this book is really dark and, you know, it, it discusses issues that I don't want to discuss. And then if you pick a very light book, then people say, well, you know, it's kind of fluff and, and there's nothing to discuss. So I know, because Sherry and I spend a lot of time, you know, trying to figure out what to pick for Fiction Old and New every month. And it's it's actually quite a bit of work. It's 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 not as easy. We, we thought it'd be a lot easier. We just say, oh, you know, we have all these books that we liked and we wanted to read. But sometimes... Because Sherry and I you know like we we pick the books ourselves, we don't like leave it open to everybody, so we do have to read you know books and decide which one is the right book and i and I'll tell you it's honestly it's not that easy so it's it's quite a bit of work to pick sometimes books for groups
0: it really is, I struggle with it too, and so it's because you do have to think about your audience and like like you said, Michelle, some people might think uh, this, this book has nothing to discuss, and um, then if I pick something else, and sometimes I'm just not sure. I may have a book that I really, really like, and I'm not sure how people are going to find it, but I throw it out there and figure, well, <laughs> it's a shot in the dark. If some people, if we read this and some people like it, oh, that's great if we read it and nobody likes it oh, well, I'll just try not to pick anything by that author again. But it it is. It's it's a challenge to do this.
3: Yeah, it is. And I try not to get too hung up on it. I mean, sometimes you're going to pick light stuff and fluffy stuff, and if so, you can just keep the conversation short. I mean, if people enjoy reading it and it's a light read, that's that's fine, too. I mean, there's, there's all kind of genres out there. And, uh, like, we had, like, Three people at Worlds of Books this last Sunday, and you know, two of us were were the moderators. So, know, uh, yeah. and, and it was a Bill Bryson book, and I like Bill Bryson; he's uh, he's quite good, I think. But so you, you never know. But uh, do the best you can, and then uh, hope people like it. And then if not, yeah, go to the go to the next one next month.
7: Yeah, um, you know, the thing is, it makes you broaden your reading uh, horizons. <laughs> I guess, shall we say? <clears throat> and in some respects with this book, uh, and this may sound a little weird, but like with all the, the deceit or whatever you want to call it, it, in a sort of a way, it reminded me, not to the depth of them, of course, but it reminded me of a soap opera in a sense. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, it was, it was, it was a, an interesting read. And like I said, I like to try to broaden my reading horizons. So I don't mind reading something I may not like it, but, well, you know what? It was interesting to, to see what it was like. And there are times I'll read a book and I don't like it, and I'll read it because I want to know how it ends. So
0: Yeah, and I've read books that I wouldn't have read if it wasn't for these book groups. So it does, it forces you to broaden your horizons as Linda said and sometimes I may start a book and not finish it but it's it's good to read different books and get different viewpoints and you know, there have been times we've only had three or four people in here and maybe two of us finished the book or actually liked the book and so it was just the two of us talking about it but that's okay i figure as long as one person wants to do this or two people that's fine with me i just i do it because i enjoy it and if if the book doesn't go over well then like alan said we just move on to the next month
4: i like the thought that that uh, Michelle that you had that it that it uh, you have to look at it like a, a comedy because it really is and if you if you think of the those uh, old 40s and 50s movies um, I'm thinking of a lot of the, the comedies that uh, romantic comedies that were on Lux Radio Theater for example a lot of those had these same kind of conflicts of, you can't take this seriously you just can't um, just enjoy it and that was that was the thing about this this was really an enjoyable read. Also, I don't know if anybody noticed, but I'm not the only guy in here.
3: This is nice. Well, I don't know about the only guy tonight, but uh, I agree 100% about uh, uh, trying different kind of books and stuff. So, yeah, I was always always tended to read the same kind of stuff. So that's why I'm in these groups. It makes me read a lot of different kind of things. One thing I did like about the book, I've read several lately that have been set in Australia, and I, and I really like the, the the setting there. And, uh, I, you know, I enjoyed both of um, macin- which were both set in Australia, and I also like the the Irish touch too i think her i think her husband's from dublin maybe and uh and and i also like uh uh i liked walking on trampolines and then the Rosie project and the rosie effect those, those were all set in australia so uh uh yeah that, that that's one thing i really enjoyed i've i've enjoyed the setting
1: well, you know what, Alan? If you come to our next discussion, uh, The Secrets of Midwives by Sally Hepworth, she also, as it turns out, is an Australian author. So if you decide to read that book, it'll be another another Australian author that, that you've tried. And you, I, you know what? We've had all different sizes at Fiction Old and New, and I've long ago given up trying to guess how it's going to go because we've had some books that I was convinced were going to be like amazingly popular books, and we'd have like four people, and Sherry and I are both the moderators, so there'd be two other people. And you know what? We've had some really great discussions, because if you have four people, and they're really into it, and they've read the book, and they've thought about it, you can have some fantastic discussions. And um, you know, and we've had other times where I thought, who's going to like this book?" and we've had like you know more people than, than, than we actually even thought we would have. So it's very hard to predict. it really is, but I, I actually thought that this was I read it in the summer and I thought it was just like a perfect summer kind of book to read. like if you want to just relax and you know sort of enjoy the ride and everything, I, I, I really think it was it was a good good summer type read.
5: Speaking of Australian books, have any of the group, groups ever read, and I believe I'm correct on the name of the title, um, The Light Between Oceans? Is Does that sound right to people?
3: Uh, that, that sounds familiar. I don't know if I've read it or not. Uh, is that the one that's? About a guy that's keeping a lighthouse or something, and maybe, and there's a something about a something about a baby or something. I I don't remember, but uh, yeah, Michelle, you're right. You, you can you can have a real good discussion with, with just four people at these things. So, uh, uh, and we had a good discussion with the Bill Bryson book. It just it wasn't real long, but it but it was a good discussion. And I will definitely be there for the Secret of Midwives. I'm glad to know that's another Australian author. I'm sure I'll like that.
0: The Light Between Oceans was such a good book. Yeah, that's the one about the guy and his wife. They keep the lighthouse. He keeps the lighthouse. And a baby is, they find a baby because there's a shipwreck near them, I think. And, and they end up raising the baby for a couple years. So, that yeah, that was such a good book. I don't know if any of the groups did it, but it seems to me they probably did because it was pretty popular.
1: You know, my library book group just discussed that at our last meeting in October, and we had a fantastic discussion about that book because some people thought you know, some people thought that her actions were very understandable, and then other people thought, you know, absolutely under no circumstances should they have done what they did. So it was interesting because you know everybody was very convinced that whatever they believed about that book, that that was the right opinion. So we, we actually had a very good uh, discussion. And I, I didn't, I've never discussed that book on Accessible World. It um, doesn't mean that a group didn't do it, but I don't remember that anybody actually discussed that book uh, so far that I remember.
7: Yeah, I read that book as well, and I really liked it. But I think I, I would it's one of those books that I would like to reread. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it was a good book, though.
3: We we read it for the uh Rebecca Cragness's uh Bard book group in August of twenty thirteen. So yeah, it was it was good.
0: Uh, okay, well if no one discussed it on an Accessible World um and people wanted to, we could do that one. It was good though.
8: Yes, it sounds like a good book. I never did. My regret is that I missed last week, last month's book discussion. I just wasn't in town, but that sounded more like my kind of a book. It wasn't a romance. Sometimes I, I don't know, I get weary of romances. I don't know why. I've grown a lot because I've made myself read romances, you know, to participate in the group. But it. Um, two things I want to say is that, first of all, the, the um fiction old and new um there are a lot of times that i've wanted to come back to that group and my work schedule hasn't permitted it and i've you know i i I can't remember there were a couple of the books that i actually read because i thought i would be there and i never made it um so it's um it's hard to say sometimes who's going to show up And there are a lot of reasons why people don't show up that have to do nothing with the book Itself and has to do with schedules. And the other thing is, you were talking about how difficult it was to to pick a book. Um, And sometimes it's not as easy as you think, even by author. Because I remember when when we read. Two Nicholas Sparks books. They they were very they were different enough that you couldn't judge one by the other. So it's not always a foregone conclusion that you know an author's going to do a certain thing. Although a lot of authors have their certain stamps of uh, identity on the books. That there are certain things in their style that you can identify. um, You know, like um, so. I know what you're saying there, but. But I'm glad we read this book because I'll tell you, the one thing that I really was enjoying was the narrator's treatment of it. She did really well with changing the voices and doing the accents and keeping it going and keeping it lively. What do you all feel about that?
7: Yeah, I <clears throat> I have to agree with you, Carla. Um, the, the narrator did do an excellent, excellent job and um she she like i said earlier you weren't here yet um she really made the book come alive i don't know if i would have liked it as well if she hadn't been such a good reader
4: i know i wouldn't have and uh but i thought she was an excellent reader and she did a super job and one of the best readers i've i've heard recently that was very impressive and yeah, she really made the book, I think. Well, the book made itself, but she certainly helped it. It didn't didn't, uh, didn't hurt at all. And my comment earlier, Alan, was that uh, the last couple of times, this is the third one of these I've been to. And um, those two times, I was the only guy in, so I made the comment I did.
3: Oh, yeah, I understand. Sometimes I'm the only guy, too. I understand completely what you're talking about, Ron. Uh, yeah, I thought the, uh, the, the reader was excellent. She, w- she was just outstanding, and I really, I really thought she did a good uh, Irish voice for, for, for Eva and uh, 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 very, very well done.
2: I think she did a fine job distinguishing between Eva's um, Irish accent and Laney's Australian accent, and, and that's, that's, I think that's kind of a fine line there. That's kind of my, my opinion. But uh, I think she did a heck of a job with that. And uh, I, I'm curious to see how Lainey and Eva's relationship is going to evolve throughout the book.
8: Well, another thing that I saw was an interesting metamorphosis of um, Eva's attitude about the cat. At first, she didn't want to be near. Rex, and she just had this aversion to him, and and they got close. In fact, he uh, caught her petting his head, and I you know I just thought that was really neat how that cat grew on her and how they bonded together.
4: I thought one of the other interesting things that happened in the book was rather rather insignificant, but I thought it was interesting. Was when she was when she was in the in the pub there and early in the book, and uh, she. Uh, she dumped that guy's phone into the Guinness. That was just great. That was that was fun.
3: I love the scene with with the with the phone and the Guinness. Yeah. And what kind of ring is that? Yeah. Or what kind of what she said? What kind of brew is that? I thought that was hilarious, and I really did not like that Roger guy. He was a real slime. I can't believe he would, would serve prawns again to people. He he was he was horrific.
2: Yeah, I was going to comment on that uh, where she dropped uh, the phone in Dermot's drink. <laughs> I actually laughed when she did that. that <laughs> so far, that was my favorite part of the book. <laughs> yeah, I haven't I haven't gotten to Roger yet.
4: Yeah, it was really interesting. And he wasn't a very nice guy. He was not. Unfortunately, uh, the author dispensed with him rather quickly because he really would have ruined the book.
8: And I liked her Uncle Ambrose, too. I, I really liked him. And I, I just liked the way that um, McInerney portrayed him. And uh, it was just sort of... It was just really interesting how the whole thing unfurled that way. And Meg, <laughs> I had to laugh at her sometimes. There was such a difference in maturity between um, Eva and Meg, and, uh, and, <laughs> and it's it just sort of it, it just sort of added to the book too. It you know, added to the scenes and the um, delicatessen and everything. Yeah,
0: Meg was just so flighty, but in the beginning, but then she really came through in the end, and Greg, I didn't like him from the start, and there were just parts of that book I just laughed out loud at.
8: The part that made me laugh is when um, Eva tried to catch up with... um, Uh, um, you know, to to catch up with, uh, I can't think of his name right now, and went on the train, just, what's the matter with me tonight, I guess I've had a long day, Um, and then the train went going, and she had the cat, and they, you know, they had to make do, that the train just kept on going, and uh, I just thought that was so funny, and Lainey. Well, you mean, you just got on the train, and you, know, you just <laughs> you just took the cat. You just got on a train with this guy, and you just. You know. <laughs> I, I think if um, I left um, somebody, Sparky, in somebody's care, and they did that, my my reaction would have been the same.
3: Yeah, he, he, Joe or Joseph. Uh, yeah, I, I really liked his. I liked his character. Uh, he was a good guy, and I liked it when he gave that guy that T-shirt. I thought that was kind of nice.
6: Yeah, Joe was just a really nice guy and I I like this book very much and uh I um I agree with what Alan said. I mean if a book doesn't you know, doesn't warrant a lot of discussion you know, it doesn't have to be discussed for a set amount of time. Um, and I I also uh I my goodness, I lost my train of thought for a moment. If I get it back before before we leave, I'll let you know.
8: Now, those of you that read um, what, what was it with love from the Gillespies, and I did see that described in talking book topics. Did you feel that um, there was a McInerney stamp on it somehow, a Monica McInerney stamp that you could you could tell that? Um, there was some sort of a brand that you could identify some of the devices that she used in, in her books that carried over to this book, because I, I haven't read that one yet, and that almost sounds like my kind of book, too.
6: I, I didn't notice a, a similarity. Now I know that with, um, you know, a lot of times when you read the same author, they tend to Write the same books over and over, and the characters have different names, but I thought the characters in hello Her hello from the Gillespies were were different, uh, especially uh, in Hello from the Gillespies they had two uh, sisters twin sisters who were around Eva's age and I thought they were very irresponsible and, and very whiny for their age uh, but Eva certainly was not that type of character and I I do remember the thought that I lost for a moment, and that is that it appears that Monica McInerney, speaking of her other books, um, has written uh, at least one other book, maybe more, about Laney, either that or she uses the same name, because I read descriptions on Audible, and they mention, or it might have been on Bookshare, actually, they mention a character named named Laney who lives in Australia, and just the kind of things that it said about her. I, I thought it's probably the the same person character
3: uh hello from the gillespie's is a more current book i think it was i think it came out either in 2014 or or, or this year uh and, and i i think she's progressed a little bit uh, well at least fr- from this book she seemed to have uh, the, i did see kind of i mean it's more of a, about a family dynamic because it's more about a uh, family relationships and stuff but she does revisit that theme i think with the uh, uh the the a problem with lack of communication. In this case it's more between the the husband and the wife though, I think. But uh I, I still think it's kind of a, a theme of hers.
8: Yeah,
0: I think so too. And actually what made me really want to read that book was when I read the annotation and it said that her husband accidentally sent out the Christmas letter I just I laughed out loud when I read it and thought, Oh, I have to read this book So I read it before I read the one that we just finished, and I liked both of them, but I think I liked Hello from the Gillespie's a little better.
8: Maybe we could consider doing that book, you know, around the holiday, um, if we do a you know book over December, uh, uh, because um, it would be interesting to, to do it, um, holiday themed thing and to be able to compare two books of the same author and i don't know it sounds like um it's a book i'm going to read sometime because it's more of a family dynamics so i can identify with them more than romances I, I guess um and um it would it would be it would be neat to read a, a family type book worlds
0: of books just did it i think it was it worlds of books alan that just did it
3: yeah, we did, Well, we did it back in September, I think, when we when we did it for the Bard Book Group uh, last night, actually. So, uh, uh, so uh, hey, if y'all want to do it again, I, I, I'm willing to discuss it again. I've discussed it twice.
8: Another one that caught my eye was or caught my ear when I was listening to Talking Book Topics on the exercise bike was um, a Debbie Macomber book, uh, Mr. Miracle, uh, because it's. It would be neat to do one of those books that and that and it sounds like this might be one of those books that the Hallmark movie one of the Hallmark movies would be based on. And I think they have a version of Mr. Miracle. I thought I saw it listed a couple of times in the Christmas movies last year. And it'd be sorta of interesting to, to to read one of those books that they that they did as a special and then watch the special and and compare them. And I think that would be really neat too. They're different. I've seen the movie and read the book
0: and they are two completely different things. Um, does anybody have anything they want to add about this book before we talk about later? Cause actually it's, I actually am not planning to do December, so I'm thinking we take December off and we meet again in January, but does anybody have anything to add about this book before we talk about that?
8: Well, yes, Um, I would like to say that I really feel that uh, this book sort of uh, showed a little bit Even though it wasn't a really serious book, there was a lot of growth in in the the various characters, not all the characters, certainly not that great, you know, he didn't stay around long enough to grow and he was horrible anyhow, so I'm glad he disappeared, but there was just so much growth in the characters and I think that that is really the strength in a novel when you see some you see dynamic characters and it's even greater when there's more than just the protagonist being dynamic and forgive me for sounding like an English teacher because that's what we used to do when I taught English is to you know we had to analyze the books and the characters and you know when I teach the the books in foreign languages, and you know, we do literature in foreign languages. But isn't it interesting how um, her parents, um, or how um, um, you know, Lewis and um, how I'm saying Joe's parents, Lewis and Kate, how their relationship, they they after losing the child but then they started communicating and they started facing it again and you could see some movement there and, and the development of meg and even the development of joseph and of eva they, they both they all sort of matured in their own little way and it's it, i think it's one thing that if there was any serious part to this book or power behind it besides the fluff and the comedy i think that that always makes for an outstanding book when you see some some development and change in the characters and you see how the circumstances affect them it took joe's
0: mother joseph's mother developing cancer for that to come about, I think, and it's that's just so true in real life that a lot of times it takes a tragedy in one person's life for them to change their thinking and go, you know, and, and confront something like that and start to make amends to the other person.
8: And it was really good that Joseph got close to his father again, too. Before, you thought they weren't going to get close, and then they did. Well, um,
0: as I said, I'm not planning to meet in December, because ours is so late in the month, it would be the 18th right before Christmas. So I thought we'd take December off. And just meet again in January on the 15th. I have a book in mind. Um, or some people brought up The Light Between Oceans. If you wanted to do that one, we could. I just looked and saw that it's narrated by Colleen, De- Colleen Delaney as well. Or does, uh, does anybody else have an idea?
2: What's the book that you were thinking of, Randy?
0: It was reviewed on the DB review list a few weeks ago, and I read it. Um, It's an older book, The Final Judgment by Richard North Patterson. It's DB 41627, and it's a mystery, but there's a lot of family dynamic stuff that goes on. There's a lot of family secrets and... So there's the mystery, and then this other there's family things that are going on too. It's I think it's about fifteen hours, and it's narrated by Mitzi Friedlander.
8: When you say mystery, is it like a crime mystery, a murder mystery, a lot of violence and stuff, or is it just um, a mystery about family secrets? And you know, could you elucidate a little bit more on it?
0: it's a mystery in both senses. There's, it starts out with a crime, and yeah, there is violence in, in it, but it's only in relation to the crime, And but there's also family secrets that you really don't know what's going on um, until fairly close to the. Well, some of it I had kind of figured out, but there's there's something you, you don't really know the whole story until close to the end. But it starts out where with a crime being committed, but you don't know who's committing it, and the violence that's in it. Is related to the crime
2: did you say <clears throat> Randy? did you say four one six two seven? that sounds like a good book uh, for me i you know it's up to everybody else uh, but i can't, I'm getting a service error is is barred down, or does anybody have any ideas of what's happening
0: I'm on it right now. Let me pull up my list. I think that's the one four one six two seven
8: it does sound like a good book, but I would like to read another one too. So if we do one one time and one another time, they they just both sound like such um, you know intriguing books.
0: Well, we can do one in January and one in February.
3: Yeah, it's four one six two seven, the final judgment of Richard Patterson. So that that is right, and it's read by who's it read by? Oh, Miss, yeah, Mitzi Friedlander. Not one of my favorite narrators, but hey, I can I can I can go with anybody.
0: It's a '95 copyright, so there's a big difference between her latest narrations before she retired and this one. Let me tell you.
3: Oh, a younger Mitzi. Oh, I'm I'm all over that. Then yeah, that's nice. Fifteen hours, fifty minutes. So it's uh, that's that's a nice that's a nice little chunk. But uh, that sounds good to me. It says bestsellers and legal fictions how it's categorized for whatever that's worth.
4: She's aged a little bit toward the last half and she's she you could really notice it. Yeah, I read it and
0: I thought it was an excellent book. And like I said it has it's both. It's a mystery, a crime, and then there's family stuff that goes on too.
2: Well, I think I'm going to have to download it with the computer because I tried doing it again with the Victor stream and I got another service error. So I will check it out with the PC and see what happens there.
3: Well, I vote for the final judgment, and then I also want to thank everybody for their excellent comments tonight. I very really much enjoyed the discussion.
2: I also vote for the final judgment.
0: Okay, sounds good to me, and thank you, everyone. And we'll see you all in January. Have a a great holiday season. And well. I'm sure we'll all be seeing each other again in different book groups, but it was a great discussion, and thank you, everyone. Thank you, Donna, for recommending this book.
3: Oh, sorry, Donna. I didn't mean to jump in front of you. Yeah, thanks for recommending this, and happy holidays to everybody, uh, and I'll catch you all later. I echo the
8: holiday greetings. Happy Thanksgiving and Happy Hanukkah if you celebrate that and Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's. And um, and I, I do, I would vote for that book um, with the addendum that we do the other one too maybe in February or sometime because it sounds real good. You know, another one I'd been thinking about was, there's one called Gretel in the Dark, um, which looks intriguing to me. It's a it's maybe it would be more for the um, novels old new you know the um you know the old new group um but about a um a a girl and her father and it's during the nazi time and uh, they move into nazi germany and um what happens is um to get through it she sort of um um you know um I don't know if she's in like an imaginary world or she has imaginary characters to help her get through it. And then when her father dies, will that, you know, it's like, will it hold her through? Well, she has to put up with her captors that aren't so nice. And that sounded like an intriguing book, too. And it's one I'm going to read on my own, even if no group reads it.
0: I haven't wanted to read any books about World War II lately. I'm still waiting for Bard to get Once We Were Brothers. And when they do, I want us to do that one. Because that's about the best one I've read in a long time. About that time frame. Now I want to read... um Oh, what's her name? Kristen Hanna, I think it was, put out The Nightingale. And that's supposed to be a really good one. So I want to re- read that one at some point, but maybe after the first of the year. Randy, I wanted to let you know that Once We Were Brothers is on board. I read it about two months ago. What's on BARD?
6: Once We Were Brothers, the book about the Nazis and the, those two um, guys who grew up together.
0: One became a Nazi and, and the other one is a you know, Jewish person. I was looking for that and I haven't seen it. I read it on Bookshare. I'm going to go look for it on BARD. We're definitely doing it. I would love to do that. I think I'm going to list that book as my
6: favorite book for 2015. It's definitely there. I mean, if that's the exact title. Um, but I, I know that I read it because some you were you the one who said, I believe, that you... Um, maybe I'm mistaken now. Now I'm starting to doubt myself because I heard about the book. Uh, From you, I think on you know during one of our discussions here on a Friday night, and I, you know, it sounded like something that would appeal to me, and and maybe I did read it on Bookshare. I'm probably mistaken, but I loved it. And as I said, I
0: think I'll list it as my favorite book for for this year. I just did a search for it, and it's not showing up. I know I read it on Bookshare, and Audible has it, but I'm waiting for it to come. I was waiting for it to come on the Bard so we could do it.
6: I guess it was Bookshare then, but I definitely read it, and I loved it, so if it's on Bookshare and not bored, I can't list it as my favorite book.
0: No, unless you find it, unless you see it there later, but I just looked for it. I'm not seeing it, unless the search thing's down again.
6: Things on, on Bookshare just because I'm kind of spoiled with our narrators and stuff, so I don't I don't always read it, but that's why I really th- I didn't always stick with it, but that's why I really thought
8: it was available, but it probably not. Well, it does make a, a difference with the narrators. Um, I was happy to hear that um, Agents of the Apocalypse is available on VARG now uh, because I was slogging through it with my Victor, and I had gotten it from Bookshare and um it's a phenomenal book i don't think it would be appealing to this group somehow because it's what it's by dr david jeremiah who's a radio evangelist he does the program turning point and he goes through the book of revelation but what he does is for each um, part of it he has a fictional story running through it he gives the uh, he makes up Fictional characters and um, little vignettes that sort of tell the story, and then, and then after that, he you know there's um, he he has the application and the scriptures that would apply to it, but he gives <laughs> the antichrist the name of Judas Christopher, and and it's sort of interesting, and he's. Since um, followed up with one called The Agents of Babylon and it's based on the book of Daniel and they just went through it on his radio series and I downloaded that from Bookshare too and Judas Christopher is in that book too and it is just sort of interesting how he weaves all that together. Yeah um I looked again
0: and I don't see it, so I don't know, either the search features down or something, but I know that Audible has it. I thought about getting it on Audible, but I was already, I was reading it in Braille and I was already far enough along that I was going to have to look for my spot. So, but if you see it on BARD, let me know, because like I said, I've been looking for it. We are going to do it once it's up there. I've already told Michelle and Sherry that they can't have it if Bard puts it up.
6: (laughs) I'm sorry that I got you excited, Uh, (laughs) but I really thought that I had read it on Bard, but uh, apparently not. I definitely heard about it from somebody in this group, and, and it was the kind of thing that called me. It's the kind of thing that would interest me, and it was a great book. So if I find it on Bard, you know, probably not now, because it's probably not there yet, but when I do, if it's before you, I'll definitely let you know.
0: Okay. You probably read it because you heard me talking about it. I've been just raving about the book. And Bob sat here and said, I don't want to read any more books about the Nazis and World War II. And then he turned around and read it and he loved it. So, (laughs) that's saying something there.
6: Yeah, that was definitely the night. I remember well that
0: conversation. Well, we'll just have to keep looking for it. And when it is out there, you'll all know what we're doing the next month.
6: (laughs) And then we can all list it as our favorite book, or at least the two of us, of 2016. And maybe Carla, too, if she likes it.
8: Yeah, maybe. Have either of you ever read the book, How to Make an American Quilt? That would be an excellent book for this group. Um, what it is is it's this um, uh quilting group, and I think they might even be in Grass Valley, California, or something and um it what it does is these they get together and they're making this quilt and meanwhile you they 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 flip back and forth and they tell you about how each They tell you a little bit about each of the quilters and it's sort of like the quilt is getting woven together at the same time uh, these people were getting woven together and it was just so well done and it was just so many things that, you know, that... I don't know, I personally could identify with the things they were going through in their lives. And it was a really well-done book. And I believe it is on BARD. Uh, when I first read it, it was the Radio Reading Service. Uh, it was one of the books they read. And, and, and the narrator did an excellent job. But I, I do think ever since then, it, at least NLS has it, either BARD or Braille, or in Talking Book or Braille format, I think that would be a good book for this group.
6: Jennifer Cheverini, I believe I'm pronouncing her name right, has a whole series of quilting books. And it's it's like you described, all these characters come together. And the problem for me is that I, I don't like her writing style. I just can't get into her. But there's at least 17 books on board um, that are part of this series. And I wish I liked her better. And I, I know another author that many of you... Really like and I just can't get
8: into is, is uh, Kristen Hannah. I thought I was going to feel that way about Jody um, uh, Jody Picoult. Um, I I really hated the the book My My Sister's Keeper. I, the book just gave me the creeps, and then it was just too close to some things in real life. You know, I had this brother that went into a coma, and he was gone, and all this, and just, uh, just some of the things just hit too close to home. And I, you know, I was blaming for um, Jody, and then I went and wrote and read House Rules, and I loved that book. I really loved that book, House Rules. And well, there's a good example of an author's stamp. Um, she had this this thing of. Um, you know, going from one character to another, and you know, having quotes, and the style was the same, but it was—they were just vastly different in plots, and they were day and night for me.
0: I knew you would love House Rules, Carla. That's why I told you you should read it. Um, the book you're thinking of is written by Whitney Otto, and I never read that one, but I did read Jennifer Cheverini books. They were okay, but it's a whole series and I kind of got tired of reading them. The first one, the first couple were okay and I think there's maybe 10 books in the series and I was tired of it. That one that you're thinking of is short. It's read by Laura Generelli. Oh, she's excellent. I, I just love her narrations. I,
6: I'm afraid of Jody I, I I don't like to read that, that make me feel troubled I, and that's why I, I deliberately keep away from her because some of her plots are, are just very troubling because I guess they do make you think about unpleasant situations that could happen and I really liked I like books that I, I like books that lift my spirits uh, they don't have to be uh, comedies or anything like that but I, I don't like books that leave me
8: depressed when I'm finished with them Sometimes romances leave me depressed because I've had a couple of romances go awry in my life, and and you know I I don't have any special person in my life, and sometimes when I'm reading a romance, it just makes me feel lonelier and. and